It's the Eggship Podcast, Utah State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball coverage sent straight to your inbox for $6 a month, www.theagship.com. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of The Eggship. I have some men's basketball. I have some women's basketball to talk about here. Not going to do football quite yet, uh, although we are rapidly approaching here. I'm recording this on Tuesday, December 20th, the evening of Tuesday, December 20th. I have seen... Utah State women's basketball team play its final non-conference game. That's what I wanted to kind of wait on before recording this so that I could cover a little bit of everything here. I don't believe the women's team has played since I last recorded outside of this game. I think that's right. Um, If memory serves. I don't remember when I recorded last. I don't think it's been that long. Um, The men's team, however, has played a couple games. I am going to talk about... It's played a couple... Played at least one, two, I think. Played Westminster and played uh, Weber State. Let me actually, I should probably, I probably should have looked to see when I last recorded. I do this off the cuff. For those of you here for the first time, I do this off the cuff. No, uh, no co-host, nothing of that sort. Um, I, uh, I just try to go off the dome. I want to do my best to just give you a stream of consciousness. Um, last recorded here on December 9th. Okay, so I do have two women's basketball games to talk about then. Let me pull up the second one. That would be the loss to Loyola Marymount. And the men's team, I believe, also would have played, I think. Let me look. I'm pulling up my schedules right now. We're going to get going here. We're going we're gonna to get rolling. I'm also going to be trying to record. I'm going to record the Q&A podcast, I think, tonight. Or tomorrow morning. That is for premium subscribers only. Premium meaning $10 tier, which is $100 a year. It's a steep price. I understand that is for the the film study fans, the film review fans, film preview, um, and of course that premium Q&A, which is once monthly. You can send in questions. It's only for uh, subscribers at that $10 tier, the flagship tier. Um, yes, I do have a men's game to talk about here, uh, as well on the 10th with the Loyola Marymount game there as well. Um, cool. Okay. So we will, I will, I will do that. I will have a couple games here to talk about for both of these teams. Some good, some less good. I'll say, um, I don't know if I want to bury the lead here or just start with the big news, but before I do that, anyway, flagship tier will get you access to the Q and a podcast. I've got a couple questions in there. Um, apologies if you did not get yours in this month. If you are a subscriber at that level, the job form to send those in remains open all the time. So if you have a question, uh, before I send out the call for questions every month, um, you can just go right to the same form that I, that I sent out the previous month and you can, uh, you can, you can submit your question there. Or if you are a new subscriber at that tier, um, you, uh, you will get the, you will get an email calling for questions several days before I sit down to actually record the Q and A show to give you time to get those in. Um, this will serve as the, the podcast to talk about some of the games that we have seen as well as the podcast to talk about the men's basketball team's upcoming trip to Hawaii for the Hawaiian airlines diamond head classic. I think, I think I finally have the name down. Too many words. Too many words. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta uh, close down on the number of words you have in the name of your event, or else I'm just not gonna remember it. I'm sorry. It's too many words. The Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Too many. Just do the Hawaiian Airlines Classic, or even just the Hawaiian Classic would be fine. I don't know what Diamond Head is. 
that's some sort of ad uh, for, for a company. It apparently hasn't done a very good job because I certainly have not looked up what that means. Um, no idea. I would guess Hawaiian Airlines is probably an airline. Maybe you should make your business uh, name instead of just Diamond Dead. Anyway, um, got a couple games here to talk about. I'm going to start with the women's team. Um, I know the men's team is the big story. There's certainly a lot to talk about as I am recording this on the 20th. Um, many of you know what happened on the 19th. I will get to it. I'm going to get to it, but I'm going to start with the women's team. Um, I will, uh, if I remember, I will leave timestamps. I'll put timestamps in the description. So if you're just interested in the men's team, you can jump to that. If you're just interested in the women's team, well, just keep listening and then turn it off when the men's team comes on. Um, I will be back as well next week with, uh, with the, the preview of the football game. I suppose not that far into next week because football game is what? A week from now. Ooh. Ooh, that's bad to know. I don't want to actually, I don't want to know that quite yet. I'm not ready for it to be a week away. Uh, I've got a flight out on the 26th to Dallas. And um, boy, it's, it's, it's daunting. It's daunting to fly out of, fly out of, well, anywhere right now, even to a hub like Dallas where it's pretty easy to get. I'm just uh, dreading it, complaining about my, my quick little vacation here. I guess it's not really a vacation. Whatever. A um, little bit scattered, if you can't tell. So starting here with the women's team, I'm going to talk really, really quickly and really generally about the December 10th loss to Loyola Marymount, 71-63. to I'm going to do the same for the men's win over Loyola Marymount. The game was, was so long ago that, frankly, I don't really know if there's a ton that I can add at this point. Um, same thing for the men's win over Westminster. I just, I don't think it really matters at this point. Honestly, I, I, I can talk about those games very briefly. I think that the former is a lot more important than the latter, but I, the Westminster game, I don't think is worth talking about, but on the women's front lost to LMU 71 to 63. Um, there's a pretty similar story to what it has been for a lot of this season. Utah state started off kind of slowly. It was down 15 to 11 in the first quarter, but trailed by as much as eight, uh, bounced back, actually took the lead going into the half. They were up 34 to 28 and looked pretty good. Um, and then just couldn't really keep pace offensively in the second half, 16 points in the third quarter, 13 in the fourth, while LMU, um, got to the free throw line with some success. we were able to not really hit shots from three, but could hit shots from the field pretty well. And Utah state just kind of cooled down. Um, Utah state, I thought played pretty well in the first half here had, had, you know, enough going on that they were, they were going to be kind of competitive um they were what 13 of 27 from the field that's pretty good that's pretty good that's a whole lot better than it has been for a lot of this season three-point shooting wasn't great but they hit they hit four of ten you'll take that and then just really couldn't find a whole lot of offense in the second half and i think a big part of that was that uh, maria carvalho was just shut down she was one of six shooting three of four from the free throw line um, she had five rebounds and five assists. She's, she's good at making things happen even when she's not scoring, but it was not a great day for her from the field. Um, and w- when that happens, it forces the ball to other players who are not as comfortable on the ball, which is what LMU did. And which is what, as I'll talk about in a second, I think a lot of people are going to do <laughs> down the stretch here. We just saw it against Eastern Washington as well. I think Utah State needs to find some answers for that. And frankly, I'm not sure that they have them. Um, but that was the case here. Utah State turned to Tamaya Robinson, who played pretty well, 15 points, 5 of 10 shooting, but had 5 turnovers and fouled out. Um, and Olivia Wickstrom, who was 4 of 8, had 10 points. Uh, I thought she played pretty well as well. Um, and then Mason Kimball, who was 2 of 9 shooting for 6 points, which was not 
not great. She had seven boards, but she also turned the ball over four times. It was, it was rough. It was rough. Utah State does not really have the depth of scorers that it needs right now. Um, Prima Cellis was pretty good off the bench. She has been pretty good for a couple games now. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued by Prima Cellis. I think that she has looked more and more comfortable within this offense, especially as Ashaya Klopfenstein has come back and Natalie Fraley has come back and they've, they've started to work them back into the rotation. I think that that has helped Prima out a lot, meaning to, you know she's playing a little bit less, but the minutes are better. The quality is better that she has been able to play. She did foul out here, but three of those fouls came in the last like two minutes when they were just forcing fouls. Um, overarching thought here was that Utah State probably should have won this game. I think that this was a winnable game, and it didn't win, um, which is always going to be troubling. This was LMU's first Division One win of the season. Uh, but ultimately... It wasn't that bad of a performance. I, I don't think that it was a disaster. I don't think it was a collapse. Um, they needed to do better on the boards. They lost the rebounding battle by seven. Turnovers were still too high. 22 turnovers to 11 assists is not good. Um, defense uh, was okay. Defense kind of wasn't very good in the second half, but it was good in the first half. It's just been a, you know, it's kind of the same thing here. It's It's kind of the same story that it has been for a lot of the season and that I think it probably will be for you know, a while now, uh, a while moving forward, I don't see really an end to this, which is just that Utah State doesn't play a full game. It hasn't all season. Um, I don't know even what the closest thing to that would be for this team. Maybe the Utah Valley win, but that got ugly in a lot of places too. It was not an especially impressive win against a bad team. Um, had to come back from, from a, a decent deficit against Weber State. Um, you know, beat a, beat a, uh, an NAIA team pretty well, but even that game wasn't perfect. You know, that, that game was probably 32, 33 good minutes rather than 40. It's just, they've not played a full game yet and it keeps biting them because even against lesser opponents like LMU, you still need to play the full game. You cannot collapse down the stretch. You cannot go for wide, you know, wide margins of time without scoring or while allowing these huge runs. And Utah State just has not grown out of that yet. And I think that part of it is a, a depth of scoring, a depth of ability thing. I think that part of it is probably a stamina thing. And there's another part of it that I don't really understand, that I don't I don't fully grasp. I'm not a coach. Um, I, I think that... Uh, there are a lot of things that Kayla Ard would identify as not great for this team, as as really you know rough and needing fixing for this team, and uh, that's that's probably as good a time as any to move into the the following result here, which is infinitely more troubling and, and really kind of has me on high alert here for this team being being in a a really bad place right now, um, which is really really bad. I I don't know how else to say it. It's really really concerning this result utah state at eastern washington eastern washington wins at 84 to 54 this is a bad team eastern washington is a bad team they're not good they've got two two non-division one wins that have pumped up their their record they're not terrible they're not as bad as some of the teams that utah state has played this season but this is not a team that you should lose to by 30 points i'm gonna be honest it's not it's not they're fine they're, they're, they're in the 200s just like Utah State is for now. We'll see how long they stay on, on her hoop stats. Um, the team efficiency ratings, which I have found to be the best sort of quantitative rankings of teams. 
uh, in this uh, in this sport, and Utah State was not competitive. I mean, a thirty point loss is not competitive. Um, were there stretches where it was competitive? Yeah, I, I think outside of the you know the the second half, it was better. I think pretty pretty obviously you look at the scores and it was better in the second half. You look I mean you look at the scores down the stretch second quarter Eastern Washington 20 to 14, third 25 to 20 for Eastern Washington and then in the fourth it was 16 to 16. So that would be what 45 plus 16 61 61 to 50? Yeah, 61 to 50 in the last three quarters. That's not it's not terrible. It's not as bad as it could have been. But the first quarter, Eastern Washington won 23-4. to And, I mean, Utah State started this game like 2 of 19 from the field. It was 2 of 17 in the first quarter. And it's not like they were missing open shots. They were just, I mean, they were just throwing the ball at the hoop. They weren't even looking at the hoop sometimes. I mean... There were open shots that they missed. There were shots that they worked for that they missed. But there are other moments where you have players driving to the hoop with their off hand throwing the ball up over their head. Like, uh, you know, middle school. Like how you shoot a layup in middle school. These are talented players. I, I don't know how it gets like that. I don't know how you get to that point where you're just just trying anything to get the ball on the on the hoop. It was bad. It was really bad. And it didn't get better for a while. You know, they, they shot 40% in the third quarter. third quarter was probably the best they looked offensively. I thought the fourth quarter was their best overall performance, but also Eastern Washington was kind of sleeping at that point, wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention. Utah State never never seriously challenged to come back here. They had moments where they looked okay. They had an 11-0 run at one point. But, and you know, at least you can give them credit for that they never stopped fighting, I guess. But they got out-rebounded 48-41 to against a team that doesn't rebound very well. They allowed 17 specifically to Jacinta Buckley, who's a good rebounder, but she's, I don't think she's their leading rebounder. She's not. Uh, J.D. Marshall, Martin is, who they managed to shut down pretty well. She's sort of their star. Instead, it was uh, Aaliyah Alexander with 21 and Jaleesa Lawrence with 15, who kind of led the way offensively, which is not not really what you want. I guess it's better than having the stars beat you, but also it doesn't really matter because they still beat you. They still put 84 on you. Um you know, 25 assists for on, on 30 made field goals for Eastern Washington is not a not a good reflection on Utah State's defense. Utah State managed to cut down the turnovers here, but it couldn't score. Shot 26% from the field or 27% from the field and 22.7% from three. It was under 70% on free throws even. Just couldn't shoot. Couldn't score. It's been the same thing all season. Could not score. You, know, you got players here: three of nine, two of 13, three of 12, uh, one of eight. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. I don't know how else to say it. It's bad. Uh, I think that Prima Cellis again, looked okay in spots, 14 points, but she was 3 of 12 shooting. She was 6 of 8 from the line. It's a positive. She had 5 rebounds. Shia Klopfenstein had 9, but she was 2 of 13. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a ton of positive to say right now about this team. I, I, I preached patience uh, about a month ago when they were struggling. I will say that they do still have all of conference play left. They're, this is their last non-conference game before a road trip to Air Force on December 29th. Um, I feel... 
I feel a lot worse about, about them right now than I did, you know, uh, yesterday or this morning before they played this game. It seemed like they were making progress. It seemed like they were getting better. Two wins against not very good in-state opponents, but still two wins. And then competitive in a loss to BYU, competitive in a loss to LMU. It's not ideal, but it's better than what they had been doing. And then you come out and you lose by 30 to a team that's not better than those teams. I, I don't know. I don't know. They had, they had nine days. They didn't play between the 10th and the 20th. That last game was on the 10th. This was on the 20th. They had nine days. They came out and the 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 start they start the game two of nineteen. It's not like the offense being bad was a, a mystery. It's not like they didn't know that. What are you doing? What happened in those nine days? What was being worked on? Anything? Was anything being practiced? I mean, how do you do this? How do how do you come out and produce that when you have that much time away? I, mm, man, really bad. Really, really bad. The three-point shooting has kind of fallen off a cliff. Um, they tried a starting lineup without Tamaya Robinson. They they put Chris Oliva in there. Um, I don't think she's ready for that, if I'm being honest. I don't think she's ready to start. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. It It's, you know, it's not the time where the season is over. There's still, you know... Two-thirds of the year left. They've got a lot of games left to play, but man alive, this was bad. This was a major step back for them when they really, really needed not to do that, when they really needed to build on the momentum that they seemingly had, you know, and, and they they don't at all. I mean, it really wasn't even – it wasn't even close. It, it was not competitive um, for for – the vast majority of this game, you know, they, 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 they fought down the stretch and you can say that that's a positive. They found some stuff going on down the stretch and you can say that that's a positive, but in the first quarter, after a lengthy layoff from, from games, a lot of time to work through things on offense, a lot of time to find ways to get open baskets, Utah state hit two shots, both of them by Olivia Wickstrom, both of them jumpers. You gotta have something else. You gotta have something else. I, I, I cannot accept that it is just that no one on the team can shoot. I've seen them shoot. I've seen them shoot. I've seen them hit shots. I've been told that they can shoot several times. I'd like to see it at some point. I'd like to see the offense produce something. I'm, 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 I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, at some point, man, you. You've got to do something at all on offense. Anything. Just just anything. Have one good game. I don't know. I don't know. At this point, I don't see a reason to think that they will. I don't see a reason to think that they will produce something good on offense until I've seen it because it's been bad. It's been 10, 11 bad games on offense in a row. They've played 11 games, and they've all been bad on offense. They've all been bad pretty much in general. 3-8 and eight going into league play. It's not good. It's not good right now. Um, I'm going to move to the men's team here. 79-67 on uh, the 10th with a win over LMU on the road in Vegas. Uh, Tough win. Going out, gritting one out. Um, LMU did a good job of taking away the three, and Utah State responded uh, well with with an inside attack. Sean Bairstow played well. Uh, Another big game here from Dan Aachen. 
Stephen Ashworth got to the line. Max Schulga got to the line. They did what they needed to do. They took what they needed to take, and they they found points when they needed to. I f- I, f- I find myself having t- having trouble talking about this game with any sort of seriousness, knowing what is coming down the pike here, what I'm going to talk about next. Um, they won this one, and then they beat Westminster as well to start 9-0. Um, you know you know all of this. If you've read the Ag Ship at all, you know all this stuff. If you've followed the team, you know this. Um, going into yesterday's game here, as I record again on the 20th, uh, Utah State was 9-0, and looking to set the new school record for best start um, to a season would be 10 and 0. Uh, previous best start they had tied was 9 and 0, set by two different teams the 38 39 team and the 17 18 team. I've written it so many times now that I can I know them off memory. Um, and was, I mean, incredibly heavily favored to do so. 16 and a half point favorites. Bart Torvik had it as a 97% chance of winning the game. Weber State is well into the 200s in the T rank, which is Bart Torvik's sort of answer to the Ken Palm rankings. Um, I like it because it's free. Uh, I think anybody can go look instead of having to pay for the Ken Palm stuff, which I like. Um, uh, by all means, Utah State should have won this game comfortably and appeared to be on its way to doing so. Uh, 43-29 at the end of the first half, led by 18 in the first half on several occasions. Uh, two separate ones, I believe, one with 11 minutes left. They went up like 25-7 to to start the game. And then... Let it drip back down to 11, and then took a minute and 18 seconds to push that right back up to 18. They looked like themselves. They looked like they have all season. Um, Taylor Funk was back in the lineup. Ryland Jones was back in the lineup. They shot 54.2% from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 12 of 13 from the free throw line. They looked really good. They looked like the much better team. They looked more prepared. They looked uh, invested. They looked connected on defense. Their intensity was pretty good. It was not perfect in the first half, but they looked well on their way to, uh, you know, breaking that uh, breaking that record, setting a new best start. I had the tweet planned out. I knew pretty much what I was going to write for the story, and then the second half started, and I won't pretend that I had an inkling for what was going to happen based on watching warmups, uh, because I didn't. Obviously, I, I had. There was no real reason for me to think that Utah State was going to collapse against a bad team. Um, I have not. I've not seen them do that this year. They've won nine games and lost one, and so I didn't really have a great reason to think that. But in retrospect, watching the the warm-ups um, ahead of the second half, they were right down where I was taking pictures. I, I, I stay at the one end of the court for the whole game. Um, and uh, yeah, they definitely were lack They were laxity. They were, they were, they were loose, uh, not, not seemingly taking it super seriously and just throwing up shots. Um, that does not, again mean anything and I didn't take anything from it at the time but in retrospect yeah they they didn't look especially locked in and then the play started and they weren't at all um they were they were they were bad they were really bad uh Weber State started the half on a 26 to 6 run 43 to 29 became let me get the exact figure here uh 55 to 49 in the span of 12.07. I've got the paper paper stat sheet here. Span of 12 minutes and 7 seconds, Utah State went from up 43 to 29 to down 55 to 49. It was the worst I have seen them play. Bar none. Awful. It was awful. It was an awful, awful stretch of basketball. And they finished out the game with a, with an advantage. They finished out the game, I think, like... 23 to 20 
in the last 7:53 after uh, after Weber State went up by six. And so they were able to kind of lock back in offensively. You, you you extrapolate that to a full half, and they you know they they were about on pace for what they usually are, but they just did not get going until well after they needed to, until well after it was time to lock back in, and they they had they had given up the lead. They gave up the lead with uh, eleven minutes to play on a free throw on a Dylan Jones free throw, forty nine forty eight, and then another three minutes came off the clock before they, they finally started going again. Um, it was bad. It was bad. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It was bad. I have a cover story. Sorry. You can read, um, this morning that I put up, uh, for free. So anybody can read it. You can go over there and you can check it out. www.theagship.com. Um, that I, I tried to organize my thoughts and I did so better there than I will here because um, the written form can be edited in the, the audio form uh, can be but I'm not going to um, it, it's it's a game that um, is going to be pretty much anything for anyone based on whatever you want it to be I think that if you are uh, <laughs> I don't want to be mean I'm I'm trying not to be mean. If you're desperately looking for a reason not to support this team, this would be your reason to do it. I don't know why you'd do that as a Utah State fan. There are people out there who do it. I'm sure that you you all listening know people like this. Um, I don't I don't I'm gonna be honest. I don't understand it. I'm not from here. Maybe it's a thing that I'm just not for whatever reason I'm just not privy to. Um, there is a section of Utah State fans who seem to hate Utah State and don't want to support it and really want really pretty much any reason not to support it to be proven right about how they think a team was bad. I got people in my replies yesterday saying, oh, well, I was right. They stink. It's like, well, they're 9-1. and one. I don't know why you're so happy about this. Um, aren't you a fan of the team? I don't, I don't really understand it. I, I shouldn't just complain about people online on this. I try not to do that. But I don't really understand that. It seems like not – I mean, it's not how I would – you know, follow a team if I was rooting for a team. Um, I don't do that anymore, but that's not really how I did it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they did to, I don't know what they did to earn that kind of fandom. I I don't, I don't really get that. I don't know what the benefit of that would be. It feels like you'd just be mad all the time, Um, which I've done my share of being mad all the time. I get it, but it's not, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not fun. Um, I think it can be that. I think it can be a reason not to follow them if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for that, if you're trying not to get hurt by a team. Um, I think that it can be a, a, a strong warning sign. I think that it can be a big red flashing light and it says, hey, watch out. This might not be what it seems. Um, I think that that is probably a little more common than what I saw. The, the, the full-on doomers are rare. I, I, will, I will say it as a rare breed. It's just it's so off-putting that <laughs> it really stands out to me uh, and, and specifically sticks in my brain. I just don't know why you would do that. I don't know what the point is. Just root for somebody else. Go, go root for BYU. It seems like you prefer that. Um, but uh, the, I, I think that the, the big warning sign, I understand. I totally get it. I'm not there. Personally, I'm not there. I'm, I'm going to explain where I am in a second. I want to address all of the different... Uh, reactions to this, and the, I think the big red warning sign—the uh-oh, you know, oh, this is this is um, this is the first sign of something that is going to to snowball. Of uh, oh well, this team is not going to be competitive in the way that I thought they were in the Mountain West. Of oh well, that's the season. 
I get it. I get all those levels of it. I, I This is a bad loss. This is a bad Weber State team, and Utah State lost to it and looked hapless in the second half. Hapless for a large, large swath of it. When the offense finally did get going, the, the defense could not get a stop to save its life. Gave up like five straight, six straight shots near the end of the game. Stephen Ashworth was fighting for his life, hitting shots out there. He scored, um, what was it, three... Five, eight. He scored 11 points in the span of only a couple possessions. He hit three threes and two free throws. And, and, and then, here, I'll, I'll just read off the section from, from 623 on here. Junior Ballard hits a two-pointer. Tough uh, tough two-pointer. I believe that was the one with six seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah, it was, um, where they just forgot to guard him. Uh, Steven Ashworth comes down, hits a tough three. Um, missed shot on the other end, Taylor Funk layup, uh, offensive foul on Weber state, Ashworth three pointer missed, um, timeout Weber state comes down. Ballard hits another, hits a layup. Um, Ashworth draws a foul, two free throws, brings them within one 59, 58 with four Oh one to play. Alex two goes down and hits a, uh, hits a pretty easy layup back up by three. Steven Ashworth hits a three ties the game. 61. Junior Ballard hits a three, 64-61. Steven Ashworth hits a three, 64-64. KJ Cunningham hits a three, 67-64. We're now at 238. Let's see. I know I'm not just doing play-by-play here, but I do want to read this because I think it's important. Media timeout. Dan Ocken draws a foul, misses one of two free throws, but hits the first, 67-65. Steven Verplanken hits a three, 70-65. And it's 71-65. Then Max Schulga hits a two, 71-67. Junior Boward hits a two. Ryland Jones hits one. Then he hits a free throw. And then that's it. Utah State gets the ball back with the chance to tie the game down 73-70 with 31 seconds left after a missed uh, layup. Ball goes to, Ryle, or ball goes to uh, Taylor Funk. He misses his eighth three-point try of the game. Weber State hits two free throws. Utah State comes back down. Taylor Funk misses his ninth free throw or his ninth three-pointer of the game. Stephen Ashworth draws a foul, hits two free throws, misses the third. Weber State gets the rebound game over. 75-72 Weber State. So that's bad. That's bad. They needed to get a stop and they couldn't once. Really, really just once. And then when they finally did, they couldn't hit the three. Um, it was kind of that that all for the second half. Utah State could not hit threes. To save its life, really, um, 3 of 15 from deep, 10 of 16 from the free throw line, 8 of 26 from the field, 13 rebounds to 22 for Weber State. Um, let's see, 4 assists with 4 turnovers, 4 assists, 4 assists. They talk a lot about Aggie basketball. I'll tell you, right then and there, that's not Aggie basketball. <laughs> that's not it. Meanwhile, Weber State 17 of 29 from the field, 6 of 13 from 3, 6 of 9 from the free throw line, 9 assists to 5 turnovers, plus 17 in the second half, 46 to 29. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how worried I should be about it. I can understand totally the alarm bells. I get it. 
this is a bad loss. It's a bad loss to a bad team that Utah State absolutely should not have taken, especially at home. It's a loss that they're going to have to do a lot of work to overcome locally, I think. This was the best crowd of the season, non-student section uh, edition. The rest of the bowl was pretty much full. I think a lot of those people are going to take some convincing to get back in the building by by uh, December 31st, next time they're at home. Conference opener, Fresno State. Um, I think it's the conference opener. That sounds right. It sounds right. I think that's right. It's going to take some doing, man. I get it. I, I don't. I didn't get it coming into this game because there was no reason to think that. There was no reason to think that they that they were going to lose this game. And I just I don't think that you can exist in a world where you're always assuming that the worst thing is going to happen to your teams. I person. I mean, I'm a I'm a almost said the one I'm not supposed to say on here. I'm a Browns fan, man, and I don't feel that way. I still go in thinking that they're going to win, even though I know that they're not going to. I have no good reason to believe in the Browns, but you got to believe in something. you got to believe in something. What's the point if you don't think your team's going to win? I don't know. I don't understand that. I'm gonna, I need to get off of that. But it's going to take some doing to earn, that, to earn that trust back, deservedly so, because this was a disaster. It was a collapse. It was an utter collapse in a very, very winnable game, a game they should have won easily. No excuse for losing this game. None. Absolutely none. They came out in the second half flat, complacent, lazy, sluggish, every word you want to use. Everyone. They were all, it was bad. It was bad. They did not wake up until well after they needed to. The defense never showed back up. Um, it was bad. They were missing shots that they should have made. It seemed like the pressure got to them a little bit. They looked anxious down the stretch. Um, it was a, it was, uh, it was the kind of performance that it did not seem like this team could produce until I saw them do it because it was an inexperienced kind of loss. It was the kind of loss that a young team takes, that an undisciplined team takes, that a team that's uber talented, but not fully serious takes. And that's not been this team to this point. It's not this team on paper. This is an extremely experienced team. I ran the numbers earlier. The least experienced member of the rotation has played 38 college basketball games. That'd be Z Hamoda. Nobody else is even close. They're averaging they're averaging more than 90 games among the nine serious contributors on this team. No freshman playing here. One sophomore, and it's Z. Everybody else has been around the block several times, and it, they just they should know better. They should know better. They should know that you can't just play one half. You've got to play both halves, and they just didn't. And they've done it so often this season that it was so strange to see that, to see it fall off like that, to see them just drop. I mean, they, they've been so consistent. They've been so strong and, and so good at, at avoiding these kind of drop-offs at when there is a big run from an opponent bouncing back and answering and, and having the response that they need to keep them at an, arm length, an arm's length and in the game, and they just couldn't ever get back into gear here, at least not until well after they needed to. Defense never did. Like I said, defense never got back into it. And I think it's very, very understandable to be concerned about that. Very concerned. I'm, I'm not, I have no idea what to expect going into this uh, three games in four days trip to Hawaii. They've got Seattle up first, um, which I guess I could talk about here. I'll be honest, I don't have a ton on that game yet. I've not prepped for it yet. I'm going to uh, tomorrow is when I write that. But uh, they've got Seattle up first, I think 158 in T-rank. A winnable game, very winnable game. 
Um, and then one of Iona, who would be a very tough opponent, would be the best opponent they've played to this point, or SMU. And then uh, win or or lose, they play all three games. They get to play three regardless. It would be against one of Washington State, which is the best of the bunch, I want to say. Pepperdine, which is fun, but kind of not very good. Um, George Washington and Hawaii. Uh, so there, there are, there are some pretty good teams in this tournament. Utah State's the best of the bunch. I'm going to say coming in, Utah State is the best team of that group and should win the tournament. Utah State can, can, I think get a lot of momentum back, can win back a lot of people, can, 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 can answer a lot of questions and respond the right way, the only way to do that, I'm going to be honest, the only way to respond to that kind of game and to to sustain momentum, to get momentum back heading into conference play is to beat up on Seattle, beat up on Iona or, or SMU, and win the whole thing. That's it. That's it. Two wins is not going to be sufficient. One win certainly wouldn't be sufficient. Three, lo- three losses is a disaster, obviously. I don't know which one's most likely right now. I think they beat Seattle. I think they probably can win all three games. I, they should. Like I said, they should. They're the best team there. From what we've seen, they're the best team there. But it's about how you respond. That's what makes you That's what makes you good or bad. And they didn't respond against Weber State. They had in their previous nine games. And that's what I'm. That's where I'm going to fall on this. And that's where I'm going to explain my my sort of thinking with this team and with where this team is headed and with where you, what I think you should feel about this team right now, what I personally think you should feel about this team right now, not the objective truth. I have watched this team play 10 games. In nine of them, they looked like one of the best teams in the country. In one of them, they looked like one of the best teams in the country for 20 minutes and then awful for 12 and change. I'm all about sample sizes. You all know this. I'm all about sample sizes and... As bad as that half was, I've seen this team play really good basketball a lot more than I've seen it play bad basketball. A lot more. And I know that the most recent thing is is always the most important in in deciding narrative and deciding how a team is talked about. And that those nine wins don't mean anything if Utah State loses three more in this next three games. If Utah State goes on a four-game losing streak, nine wins are meaningless. It's nothing. They, they look terrible. They look terrible. They're out of the running, the season's over, all that stuff. And that's obviously it's not true, but that would, be the, that would be the feeling, understandably. You cannot collapse like that down the stretch going into conference play and then expect anybody to be excited. Utah State has to win these games. Has to. Must win. Must win. If Utah State wants to reach the goals that it has set for itself this season, it has to win these games in Hawaii. At least two of them. I think it needs three. But as for how I feel about the team right now and how I feel it stands, I still think they're the best team in the Mountain West. I'm going to be honest with you. I still think they're the best team in the Mountain West. Until proven otherwise, I don't think that there's another team in the Mountain West who can beat them in a 20-game schedule or however many it is, 18, I don't know. I don't know how many games it is. Let me look. Let me look. Regardless of how many games it is, they could play 100. Regardless of how many games it is, let me, let me, I'm pulling it up. I'm vamping as I talk here. Um, let's see. 11 to 29, 18. 
Well, that's that's what the non-conference. So 12 to 29, 17, 17 game conference schedule. What are we doing here? 17? Okay, whatever. Uh, the conference schedule, whatever. Mountain West conference schedule. I don't think there's another team that can out outwin Utah State. I just don't. I understand that San Diego State is what it is. I understand that New Mexico is undefeated. I understand that UNLV was undefeated. Wyoming is good. Boise State is good. The whole league is good. I get it. I don't think those teams are going to beat Utah State twice, the ones that play Utah State twice, and I don't think that they're going to outwin them. I think Utah State's the best team in the conference. I do. I think San Diego State kind of sucks, if I'm being honest with you, and I'm sure that that'll come back and bite me. Um, but I think they're kind of not very good. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've had the chance to watch them on several occasions. I know that they have gone out and they've, they've rattled off big wins. Um, they beat Ohio State on a neutral site. I'm, I've got bad news to tell you about uh, Ohio State this season. I don't think that's an especially impressive win. Um, I just saw them lose on a neutral court to St. Mary's. Uh, the, the, the close games against Arizona and Arkansas are moving-ish. Uh, Arizona, maybe not maybe not actually all that close as I look at it. But they beat BYU by seven. They beat Stanford, which is whatever. They beat Ohio State. Lost to Arizona by 17. Lost to Arkansas in overtime. And lost to St. Mary's by seven in a neutral site. I'm not moved. I'm not moved. I'm not moved. I'm sure that they could. I, I, they are still a good team. I, I don't. I, I will take back that I think that they suck. That's not true. But I'm not moved at this point by what I have seen from them. I don't know. I don't know what they have that Utah State doesn't. There's not really an elite scorer here. Darian Trammell is is fine. He's also five ten. Matt Bradley's six four, but he's kind of been just okay this year. Eleven point five points per game is not amazing. I just don't know if they have that top end guy. They've not shot especially well. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've not seen it from them yet. Granted, they didn't lose to Weber State, but I don't think that anything is out of the question here for Utah State at this point. I don't think that this is the end of Utah State's season. I don't think that this is the end of its tournament hopes. I don't think that this is the end of its Mountain West hopes. It's one loss. It's a bad loss. They need to respond to it. I've I've made my point on that very clear, I think. They have to respond to this game. But they've still looked really good in nine of the ten games that we've seen them play. In 19 of the 20 halves that we've seen them play, I think they've looked really good, give or take one or two. They've had one really bad half, and it cost them dearly. Dearly. Really really could not have been worse than what they suffered, I don't think. That was bad. That was really bad. It was a disastrous, disastrous loss to take. But all of that said, this is a 9-1 team. 9-1 team with a chance to win three more games to end the non-conference, go into conference play with a 12-1 record, a home game against Fresno State on New Year's Eve. It could be a lot worse. It could be better. They could be 13-0, but they're not. Right now they're 9-1. we got three more games to see them before they go into conference play. From what I have seen, I think they can bounce back. Will they? I don't know. That's the fun thing about sports is that I don't get to know until I watch it. And then I will, uh, then I will form an opinion on it. And if I'm wrong, I will be wrong quickly because I'm going to watch that game about a day after I put this podcast out. But... Right now, from what I've seen, my, my, what I like to do on this podcast is come on here and tell you my, my uh, completely unfettered opinion, straight, 
whatever I have seen, whatever I have believed, this is the place where I'm going to do that. I'm not reporting here. I'm not writing stories here. I'm not using quotes here. I'm not support. I'm not using supporting evidence outside of the things that I say. I'm just telling you my opinion based on what I have seen. And based on what I've seen, I think Utah State's a very good basketball team. I do. I know what I, I know what just happened, but I'm telling you, I think they're a good basketball team. I believe that they are a good basketball team. I think that they're going to go to Hawaii. I think they're going to win three games. Let's see if I'm wrong.